Hello, everybody. My name is Matthew Rosenberg, uh, and this is Ideas Don't Bleed, a podcast about comic books and other things around comic books, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. I am one of your hosts, Matthew Rosenberg. I am the writer of a lot of comic books like Uncanny X-Men and DC versus Vampires and We Can Never Go Home and Four Kids Walking to a Bank and What's the Furthest Place from Here and a lot of other stuff. And um i'm excited to do this podcast this is our first episode so it's going to be a little clunky and clumsy um which we hope is charming and (laughs) probably is not but you'll bear with us (laughs) and in a year you'll be like wow this guy's got so much better at this and that's fun because growth is great Mm. and Mm -hmm. uh joining me would be my good friend griffin hi 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 everybody! Sorry, I had to like work up to the the energy. I like, like you. No, it's good. We're here now. I can feel you charging up. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I'm Griffin Sheridan. I'm one of two supple boys. Uh, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that helps make a bunch of stuff for some people that are famous, more famous than us, including Ryan Stegman, Donny Cates, uh, and maybe someone else by the time you hear this i don't know Maybe it, more it might, announced i don't know and we're also budding comic book writers ourselves and who's who's the other one who's the i'm ethan one? i'm the other supple boy there's two of us here with matt it's so <laughs> exciting it really is that. and yeah. we do have a guest as well that's right we do uh are we getting right into the guests i don't see why, why not why, why not yeah. why, i, I like the in. idea of making her wait and being <laughs> just like prisoner but mm-hmm. uh our guest is my my very good friend and former uncanny x-men writing partner and um somewhat nemesis friend nemesis fremesis my friend of me friend fr- mm-hmm. but but more severe than a friend of me okay like mm-hmm. a like really a, a nemesis level uh okay. the wonderful kelly thompson is here kelly what about anemone that way it's the nemesis, nemesis part right uh, up front. An, an anemone is that thing that lives at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> not an, looks, <laughs> not an, an anemone. Never mind. This went nowhere. Also, I will not get better with time, so it's better okay. to get me on fast. Yeah, you're only on this one, so you have to be good or this we're just going to tell everyone we fired you. Yeah, it's a downhill ride for me from here on out. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, get well, on we don't, now. It's last chance. We don't know you guys super well, but there's certainly a tension. There's an adversarial nature here that I think, you know, as far as like a first episode, I think it's exactly what you want. I think fireworks are going to pop. This is our relationship is like a a Chekhov's gun. One of Uh us is going to be dead at the end of this. For sure. For sure. sure. There's no. Oh, wait, at the end of this podcast? At the end of this podcast. Wow. Okay. Yeah, not at the end all of right. time. At the end of time, we're all going to be dead. I'm sorry to break mm-hmm. this to you, Kelly. Listen, okay. you didn't you didn't know about time zones yesterday, so let's That's not true. bring time into it. Okay? I, I knew about them. I didn't mm. realize we were all using them. <laughs> it's not, you mean mm-hmm. the, the thing we use to communicate with you're, each other you're using in different we, time zones? You're using we in a very broad way. The thing <laughs> you use... Uh, look, the number of things I miss regularly because people... <laughs> 
say time zones and I don't pay attention to them is staggering. Um, <laughs> I just I just don't know why uh, three hours behind or three hours ahead is insanely complicated math for me for some reason. Like it's mm. basic addition or subtraction, and yet figuring out what time I'm supposed to be on a call is uh, always a puzzle. It's uh, mm -hmm. I. I have an editor who I, I won't name because I want to be able to keep working at my job, uh, who very often says things like, oh, it'll be, and just get time zones wrong and be like, it'll be mm -hmm. three o'clock my time, nine o'clock your time. And I'm like, no, that would be in Sri Lanka. Like, that's not correct. Um, like, and it's, and it's great. And I'm always just like, do you mean, like, I'm just going to assume you mean three o'clock your time and six o'clock yeah. whatever that means for me yeah, I'll, just and I'll, I'll, I'll do the math after this email <laughs> after this phone call. and it happens so much that i love it i think it's great i stop i stop pointing it out and just being like yeah let's just go <laughs> griff and i have been working together for years and coordinating with other people but griff and i live three uh, three hours apart time wise mm -hmm. and so our lives are fucking nightmares <laughs> it's it's an absolute nightmare yeah where do you guys i know you guys i know where you guys live but say where you live anyway if you feel Arizona. comfortable saying yeah mm -hmm. my address my home address is <laughs> <laughs> so wait matt was talking over at where are you guys actually uh i am in west michigan okay at... I'm, I'm in arizona oh arizona although i although a year ago i was in alaska yeah that's what i was curious wow. about because i remember yeah. when you were in alaska and i was just like that's weird Arizona is such a yeah. twist too. Mm -hmm. Were you Arizona, Alaska, Arizona, or not even? <laughs> it's a whole saga. But essentially, like I'm always in a bizarre place, and we're never in the correct time with each other, um, and <laughs> we're always sad. having to coordinate with people in different times. There's a um, four-hour difference when you were in Alaska. That was fun. That was super fun. Oh, wow. <laughs> Seems crazy. like some sort of blockbuster time traveling romance that should be on a 40 foot screen in front of me. Uh, mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. We're working on it. We're working. Yeah. On it. This is it. Mm -hmm. I don't this mean to get it. ahead of ourselves as far as the book, the book that we're Matthew. writing right now. But yeah. yeah. So this is, um, well, I'm glad that we're all here, despite mm -hmm. being in four very different places. That's the mi mm -hmm. miracle of technology and podcasting. <laughs> mm hmm. I don't know. Um, the magic of podcasts. I'm going to just refer to this like it's a podcast, even though some people will be watching it on YouTube probably mm. um, and dealing with the fact that I'm very podcast. sweaty because it's 93 degrees in New York today. And if I run my air conditioner on fans, like it would just sound like I was in a wind tunnel. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, <laughs> I, we're basically, if you're a YouTube viewer, like this isn't for you, you're an afterthought. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like this is for podcast people where you can imagine that I'm not dripping with sweat and that we all <laughs> look nice and are happy right now. So Maybe... YouTube viewers just consider themselves lucky. Yeah, you're not the opportunity. I see. Yeah. Special I see bonus. Special that's bonus. Our, that's that's our that's our stance here. We'll put this on YouTube, but if we'll you're put... on YouTube, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um to all the people who take time out of their day to watch us on YouTube. Yeah, literally no thought or consideration went into this, and you're yeah. calling you an afterthought would be disingenuous. I mean, at least, no. you, at least you guys Damn. showed up. So no, no, it's I'm not true. Not there. In some ways, we YouTube like the YouTube people. viewers even more. Okay. In some ways, in but some in most ways, ways <laughs> in most ways, no, no, we're really dismissive to them, no. and in some ways, we love them. Um, so yeah, uh, the let's get back to uh, having a point here. The point okay. of this, you know, I don't know, just an idea. The point <laughs> of this was uh, I 
have a deal with uh, the company Substack to mm-hmm. make things, um, mm-hmm. as does Kelly, um, as do you gentlemen as well, to a degree. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> sort of, sort of um, by proxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so uh, one of the things I thought would be fun to do was make a podcast where I talk with comic creators, uh, where mm-hmm. we talk with comic creators. Um, I'm not a professional talker like <laughs> ethan and griffin mm-hmm. uh and i'm very bad with technology and so i was like i'm <laughs> going to team up with them i'm going to we're it's bringing this together call. yeah i thought so yeah mm. we're podcasting legends really at this yeah race. uh i i just wanted some coattails to ride and you want the yeah. best you get the best yeah i well, went so out. i know i know how much has been on your plate it's a very good decision you brought in professionals to help you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, I mean, if I hadn't brought them in, this would be me on the phone with you talking for an hour, and then afterwards I'll be like, did we record that? Did you record that, or did <laughs> I? Oh. Was I supposed to record that? And then it would never happen again. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. here we are, we're podcasting, and uh, I wanted to have my friend Kelly on as the first guest. Um, one, because uh, if it's terrible, afterwards she'll call me and be like, that was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, you're an idiot. And that would tell me to make it better. And that's good. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. Because I don't trust you guys to tell me if this right. is awful. You should. Um, you, should. Yeah, you, should. You, guys get, you guys are paid to be here. So, like, <laughs> you know, like, that was great. We should do this 10 times a week. We should do it all, all the time. All really? the time. This is just a 24-hour live stream, and you just pay me. Um, but the other reason I wanted to have Kelly on is because Kelly has a book that she is making right now. Mm-hmm. A few books. But... Uh, I thought we could talk about your new book, Kelly. I would love to. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Black Book? <laughs> oh, shit. I am unprepared. Um, okay. You so, know what the book is, right? You've heard yeah, of it? Yeah, I do. But, mm. you know, that summary, man, it takes a while to get oh, yeah, yeah. good at really mm. succinctly doing it. And I don't want to waste everybody's time more than I already have. So um, Black Book <laughs> is sort of a sci-fi fantasy world. I describe it as any sort of fantasy world that you love after they defeated and vanquished the big bad. And mm-hmm. now it's just a lot of creatures trying to live together and it's mm-hmm. not going great. Um, black cloaks in this world are detectives, murder police, basically homicide. And so crimes still happen and somebody's got to close cases and clear bodies and stuff. Um, but it's a new idea for this world, the idea of law and order. And so it's not going great. That part isn't going great either. Nothing's going great for anyone here. Uh, but it's basically structured as a murder mystery we start with a body in the opening episode and we just dump you right in do not expect a big prologue do not expect the world building is a come as you go scenario which is how Mm. i how i like my world building you just go in and you're in and you're learning as you go the same way as if you'd been dropped onto another planet yourself and you had to just sort of get going so Mm -hmm. um we've got a couple black cloaks at the center and a murder case to be solved and all sorts of creatures and magic and tech nonsense and uh we're having a really good time my co-creator and artist is meredith mclaren she does uh art including colors uh becca carey is our uh letterer 
and Charles Beecham is doing our editing. He was my old Hawkeye editor from back in the Marvel days. Well, I mean, they're still my Marvel days, but they're no longer <laughs> his Marvel days, I guess. Um, and uh, Ryan Hughes is doing our book design for our covers. So I think that's the whole team. We keep it pretty tight. Thanks to Substack. Um, yeah, <laughs> so we're we're five chapters in, which is about three, the equivalent of about three print issues, basically. Mm, yeah. And uh, and, and uh, I don't know if you've talked about, uh, is there, there a print plan? I don't know if yes, that's public. Yes, yes. Well, it's not sort of officially public yet, but it probably will be by the time this is out, which is um, the first issue of Black Cloak will be coming out uh, in January 2023. It looks like it'll be about six issues right now for the first story, and that'll be from mm. Image. And the first Wonderful. issue will be about 60 pages, so... Very yeah, but yeah, but I think we're gonna keep the price low, so it'll be like five bucks or under, I think. So yeah, we're pretty excited. It's been really the experience of doing it on Substack has been really fun. It's been a lot of work, but it's also been really cool to sort of share work in that sort of intimate space, you know, where like only a certain number of people are even allowed to comment because only paid subscribers can comment. And so it's, it's been interesting. It's been really supportive and fun. And I think for anyone doing this in a real way, whether it's Donnie or Matt or me or anybody, I think the print thing is still a big question mark. You know, I think probably a book from Donnie and Ryan. There's no real question that's going to be a monster. Um, I'm not exactly Donnie. Meredith isn't exactly Ryan Segman, but I still creating something really interesting and <laughs> I'm excited to see how we can do at image. It's a, it's an adventure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Go. Yeah. I had a, I, yeah. I had a question for you. Cause I, I'm first of all, I love the book and I'm also super excited for everything that we've seen from the call. Um, that looks incredible. And mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you and Matt, uh, but because you're the guest more focused to you and Matt, keep it brief. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, you <laughs> know, the, the, the whole Substack spiel is like that, like this, uh, this is an opportunity for you to get to kind of cut loose and like work on stuff that you've been wanting to these like projects you've had and you're, you know, toiling around in your brain and everything how true is that for you with the stuff that you're that you're doing your Substack with are these are these things that you've had kind of like rattling around are these things that you feel like oh like while i'm at marvel these are the sorts of things that i wish i could be doing and spending time on i think it's probably a little bit of both i mean mm. black cloak under a different name is a project i've been wanting to do for a long time it used to be called the red ages ago um mm. So I've been sitting on that for a long time and wanting to figure out how to do it. And Substack really, I mean, I know different people have different feelings about it, but I mean, literally I could not make this happen over the last few years, yeah. like getting be having the ability to set aside both time and money to do creator own stuff. It's just, it's just not that easy. I mean, I'm working yeah. more than a full-time job with Marvel already I was doing. So I was at the edge of what I could do. And so without that grant money, like there was no way for me to be like, Oh sure. I'll cut back to one or two books and spend mm -hmm. some time on this. So it was a huge opportunity for me. Um, I think you'll see in the case of both the call and black cloak, as well as our unannounced third title, um, mm -hmm. Do you want to announce that on our show, like an exclusive? <laughs> if I knew when this show was going to be out or when I would have more pages from my artist, I would. But 
Since that remains a giant question mark right now. It's going to be out in three years. <laughs> mm, <laughs> oh, then that's up. safe. That's safe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe. Um, but uh, I think you'll see a lot of queer characters because that's something that can get tied up in nonsense right. at the big two. And, right. I, you know, that's not to put the blame on anyone or to be a dick about it. It's just yeah. a reality. Like, there are a lot of levels you have to go through when you're dealing with big corporate comics and th more things are getting considered than just you know like when i when i make a change to carol danvers it's like you know even though we've had a really long run on carol danvers that's a billion dollar property you know so they don't just let freelance writers just come in and do whatever they want like it's it, there's a lot of steps but so there's been a lot of freedom i guess in in doing my own stuff where i know nobody is going to tell me no i mean i've got an editor there and hopefully good collaborators who will give you a reality check if you've gone the wrong direction but there's definitely not that sort of corporate overreach you know that sometimes happens yeah. and that's I, been wonderful i wonder i i find an interesting thing that i i never considered when i was i was coming up um the freedom of doing your own books and indie books can in some ways like i find it paralyzing at times yes. like there's no there's no guardrails like you, there's yes. only so much i can do with you know red hood or hawkeye or whatever i can't just break them and having just the wide open road of like you know yeah. i could switch what genre this book is tomorrow if i felt like it i can do anything i could kill the entire cast and like I find that so it's so freeing that it freezes you in your tracks. And yes. I wonder if you, if you hit up against that after uh, so long at Marvel. Yes. That's what I call the meat dress problem. <laughs> yeah. Don't explain. So, Please don't explain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, move, moving on. So, so if you guys have ever seen, and this applies to a lot of these kind of reality shows, but the one that I'm talking about was Project Runway, <laughs> which was they would give them these challenges that had these incredible, horrible, hey, make a ball gown entirely out of meat. You know, and they'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? And, you know, so they'd all be in shock and horror, but they would turn out these incredible things with these limitations. Yeah. And then yeah. you would every time you would get to one where they're like unlimited budget, extra day, turn out your best couture look or whatever. <laughs> and it, it was trash. They could not do it. And I think it was because all those guardrails were removed. You forget to self-edit. You panic. You're given all this freedom all of a sudden, and you freak out. I mean, it's one of the big reasons I put an editor on my books first thing. Mm -hmm. um, not that that was going to save me from the paralysis or anything, but I felt like I at least had another hand on the wheel that could, yeah. like, steer us into the mountain if we were going off the cliff you know i don't know um and so that was really important to me um and charles i really trusted um from you know he was so important with working with me and sauna on hawkeye so it was like a you know i felt so much better once i brought him on which i know that you know image books don't always do that and you could certainly do these subsect books without that. I mean, but I just want another eye on the road and hand on the wheel, you know, because Matt is very right. The paralysis is a very real thing. I've had more trouble with my subsect book deadlines than anything else. And 
that's not just paralysis. That's a few things. But yeah, it's very hard when it's an open road and also you're setting your deadline date. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's one thing for me to blow past my editor's deadline because I can't figure it out. It's another thing to like not even acknowledge that I gave myself a deadline. <laughs> like, right. It's a mess. So Substack's, you know, paying us to make podcasts and stuff, not comic books, but we are working on a comic book and we've had the crazy opportunity for our first book to be something original to be something that we want it to be and it's like it is like there is a paralysis to it where it's like it's like yeah okay we've got a lot of spider-man pitch ideas but with we can do anything what is it what are our non-spider-man ideas where's north you know and so yeah it is it is wild yeah i i mean i remember i i said once to someone like you know the difference between creator owned and and work for hire books is like work for hire is getting into a car and you have a destination and creator owned is just getting into a car and driving and and i remember a fan like quoted that back to me and they were like why would anyone do work for hire that sounds horrible and i was like 95 percent of people who use cars are (laughs) going somewhere (laughs) like that's the point of cars like just driving like is fun joyriding is like a concept in cars that sort of it like went out of vogue when they invented seatbelts or like <laughs> or when traffic became yeah. a very legitimate thing that nobody would want to go out in ever yeah, yeah. it's like it's like the it's concept funny. of of just joyriding like is is when you're showing off your horseless buggy to people it's not <laughs> it's not a modern use of things and so i was like i don't see it as this horrible thing to to have a vehicle that has a destination yeah. and go there it's just the this sort of like yeah they're just different mentalities and it's very Absolutely. it's funny way. though that person not understanding the analogy for starters or not <laughs> grasping it is hilarious but also i mean i i defy someone to look you in the eye with a straight face as a creator a person who's a creator and to be like no i have no interest in redefining icons yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean yeah. get get real. Like, yeah. you know, yes, we all want to create something lasting and powerful. And mm-hmm. you know, uh I would I would adore to create something, you know, better than a Batman or a Wonder Woman or whatever, just you know, something that really touches people and that makes a difference and that you know, we all crave yeah. that. But I mean, if you can redefine a character like Wonder Woman or something as mm-hmm. through your work, yeah. it's a, it's an incredible, huge joy and an incredible opportunity that, you know, it's very easy once you get inside the grind or they, they call it the churn more, I think, at Marvel. Is that hmm. the name? Am I, is that what it's called? The churn? There's another word, too. I, both I, options sound really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, they're selling it really where, well. Yeah, where, where you're in it and you're writing a lot and you're caught up in it and you're starting to miss deadlines and you're really overwhelmed and all this stuff is happening. And it seems like an impossible thing from the outside because you're like, why would you ever – why would this job ever be that hard or would you get that sick of it? And it's just like anything else. Like it doesn't matter your dream job. There's still burnout. There's still a really real thing where you have to put new information in, in order to grow new things in your brain. And when you're, when you're ingesting as much superhero comics as we are, it's really important, I think, to step outside that and make sure you remember Mm -hmm. that ideas come from other places, not from, yeah within the comics i mean to me the comics are there if you're working on corporate stuff you know it's there 
to sort of guide you towards getting it right and to help yeah. find things that you can twist into things, but you've really got to bring ideas from outside. Otherwise, mm. what are you doing? But when you bring something from outside to your creator owned, it's what mm. you're not twisting or subverting anything. You're taking a whole, yeah. whole cloth idea and trying to turn it into something. It's a, Ooh. it's a very different trick and it's surprisingly hard. And, I, I don't know about Matt, but, you know, I start to get good at, you know, the formula of Marvel Comics and you forget that, you know, you're it's still just out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I sort of wonder, like, going back to Black Cloak, like, you're doing this interesting thing of sort of mashing up a police procedural detective story with fantasy. And it's it's... You know, it it there it both relies on tropes and ideas from both, but because it's these two different separate ideas, the tropes sometimes are subverted or conflict mm. or, or you twist them. And I sort of wonder, you know, not to just be like ask where your ideas come from, but like <laughs> what came first for you? Like, did you want to tell a fantasy story and you were mm. trying to figure out what that story could be, or did you want to do a a detective murder mystery and then trying to figure out how to upend that i wish i had a less shallow answer for this <laughs> but i really think it's just these are the things i like mm -hmm. and a lot of times people don't put them together in the way i want them to be put together like sure. um which is which is not to disrespect all the amazing stories that i love and all the incredible creators but like a lot of times fantasy I mean, an even better example is prose fantasy. I never read it. And I feel like such mm. a charlatan that I don't read it, but I don't like it. I don't like it because of the description required. I find it very boring. Mm. I get lost. I get, I've tried to read Lord of the Rings. I've, read, I've tried to read Fellowship. Uh. I don't know how many times now. And when the movies came out many years ago now, I thought this is my chance. Like, I really want to watch those movies. I think I'm going to be into it. I got to get through this. Mm -hmm. I read, I mean, I, at that time in my life, I was reading a lot of literary fiction and I could not understand why I can't get through this book. And it's just because that, that intense description that almost always comes with prose fantasy, it bores the crap out of me so do prologues so do lots of world building before mm -hmm. we even get into any plot or any character stuff i'm interested in characters and i'm yeah. interested in certain genres and so i i want to mix up i love sci-fi stuff and sci-fi prose as well uh mm -hmm. has worked for me in a way that fantasy hasn't but i still like all that fantasy stuff and so mm -hmm. when i look at black cloak i'm like I don't see why it has to be one or the other. Like it's more interesting to me if, if magic and science are in contrast to each other in this world, they're sort of working together, but people want different things from them. It, mm -hmm. It's sort of interesting to me if the challenge for um, some detectives working a murder case are that none of these people get along because they're, you know, and, it, and it's a really obvious metaphor too. I love a big obvious metaphor. <laughs> um, you know, monsters are monsters. Oh, wait, are they? You know, it's like, I, so I just like all that stuff and I just want to jam it all together in like a format that i like the most and mm -hmm. so that's sort of how black cloak happens i wish it was uh less than these are the toys i like let's put them in a blender but i think that's probably the truth no i, I mean i think that's a really honest answer 
Hey everybody, it's Ethan popping in later to let you know that that's going to wrap us up for part one of our discussion with Kelly Thompson. We'll be back next week with part two, which, hey, gives you plenty of time to go check out Kelly's book, Black Cloak, because we're diving deeper into that book in the second part of our discussion. Make sure you head over to 1979semifinalist.substack.com so that you can catch up on Black Cloak, listen along, and check out all the great stuff that Kelly Thompson and her wonderful collaborators are cooking up for you. To get the latest episodes of this podcast, as well as access to news, giveaways, and even comics from Team Ashcan Press delivered straight to your inbox, go to ashcanpress.com and sign up for the newsletter. In the meantime, we want to hear what you have to say about the show. Suggestions, thoughts, concerns, etc. Email us at ideasdontbleedpod at gmail.com. Let us know anything you got to say, or you can tweet at any of us. You can tweet at Matthew Rosenberg at Ashcan Press. I am at Tales to Astonish. Griffin is at Griff Sheridan. And we'll do our best to get back to you or include your correspondence on the show or both. And big thanks to Summer People for our theme song, Where's the Poison? Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week for part two with Kelly Thompson. Where is the boy?